Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I am with Sarah Citron, who is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Bricoler Vineyards in Sonoma County, specifically Russian River Valley, one of my favorite places. She is also featured in Wine Country Women Heritage Families, Sarah, it is fantastic to be seeing down with you today. It's good to see you. Yeah, we have interacted quite a bit, but we've never had a chance to meet. So this is going to be like two girls getting to know each other. I know. We all we need is wine. I know. <laughs> Why don't we have wine? We're in the, we're in the winery. What's up? <laughs> On that note, I have to say the flying by the seat of your pants rosé is like one of my go-to roses. It's you. fantastic. And I will make sure to walk out of here with some before I go. Unless you're sold stable. out. We are sold out, but <gasps> we are launching um, the new vintage? vintage in June. Oh, great. I but can't maybe I can find last one or year's two. vintage. Yeah, one or two. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay, well, more on that later. Yes. You have a fantastic career story, personal story, and I think everybody's going to be really fascinated to learn all about you. What was your first professional job? Yeah, originally I came from the fashion industry, a little different than the wine industry. Right. Um, I was in New York City for seven years working for fashion companies like Theory, Helmet Lang, Tory Burch, uh, specializing in digital marketing and e-commerce. And at Tory Burch, I specialized in international e-commerce. It was a lot of fun. Very different. Digital marketing. Digital marketing. It's more email marketing. Working with a social team. It's part of the digital marketing team. There are many hats underneath. But it's more digital emails, uh, working with digital ads, and the website. So I managed the website. I dealt with the website content, working on the buying and working with a buying team on which products to highlight, which products to get shot, and which products to feature. All the important decisions of making a brand successful, which was a great training ground for when you guys decided to open up this winery. Yeah. Your first vintage is 2017. The winery opened in 2020. How did that transition go? You know, it was a little bumpy with fires, pandemic, a lot of things we did not expect. This is true. It hasn't been the easiest few years. Yes, (laughs) but it's honestly been very exciting and it's taught us to be very, very flexible, especially at the beginning. I think in a way it worked with us in the fact that we launched in a time of uncertainty and March of 2020 was our scheduled grand opening. We hired all of our staff end of February for March and then the country the shut pandemic down. Happened <laughs> and everything shut down. So we had to be flexible. We had to fly by the seat of our pants and figure out ways to get our name out there because no one knew about us and no one was able to visit us and see what we have 
built to offer, here. And, right? yeah. and let's talk about that. Was this a collective effort or was a lot of this your vision? It was 100% collective with myself, my mom, and my dad. When they wanted to start this venture, they called me while I lived in New York City and said, this is what we're thinking we want to do. We know you love your job. We just want to evolve you from day one and get your feedback because we trust and we want you to also believe in what we want to build. So the three of us started brainstorming. We started doing market research together. Um, We sent images of other brands that we liked, other brands that we didn't like, and really collectively built it together. My my husband came up with the name Bricolor. Oh my gosh. Um, so let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was he thinking? <laughs> Trademarking a name is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of steps that you need to go through and there are a lot of trademark names out there and you can trademark names for wine or not wine and once it's trademark you can't use it so we knew we wanted to come up with a name that didn't involve any of our last names since I legally changed my last name my mom never took my dad's last name and so the three of us all had different last names and it didn't necessarily make sense so we wanted to come up with a name that meant building something, building a community, things coming together and creating a whole. So we started looking at unique words that kind of represented what the ideal definition would be. And after probably over a hundred different names and trying to see if they were trademarked or not, we, my husband found Bricolor on unique and hard to translate words in English, <laughs> which, is not a, all. which is not a great first step, but, but he fell in love with the definition. And when he read it, he started laughing to himself saying, this is you guys and what you're building. And I don't even know how to say it, but this is your name. Oh, wow. <laughs> and clearly everybody embraced it. Yeah. I mean, Bricolor means someone who starts building something without a clear plan, cobbling together a whole while flying by the seat of their pants. And we did have a plan in everything that we are doing, but plans change in life. Right. A pandemic, a pandemic happens. fires, right. everything. And you have to be able to fly by the seat of your pants to build what you want to build. Right. And that's how we came up with free color. I love it. I love it. As long as I know how to properly pronounce it. (laughs) You just got to sing it. (laughs) I know. Do you want to talk about that? (laughs) I always say you got to sing it like free color. (laughs) There you go. And I'm not a singer. So. But she did a beautiful (laughs) job. Since you've assumed this big role as chief operating officer with a background in digital marketing, other than the pandemic and a fire, what has been the most challenging part of starting a new business and a winery? I would just say getting our name out there. I mean, Sonoma County has so much history um, and the brands and the wineries that are here have so much history to speak about. And we are new. We have family history, but, you know, we also had to prove ourselves and prove ourselves to a community of people who ask about wine ratings and want to know the quality of the wine. And 
when you can't speak to wine ratings because it's never been rated. It's just getting people to believe in what we are building and kind of want to be a part of the journey with us. Um, so just creating brand identity and getting people to see what we are creating and what you're all about is challenging, but also rewarding. And it's, it was also extremely challenging with the pandemic and not being able to get people to the property to see and interact with our family, interact with our employees and really understand the story. And it was all online, all digital and all virtual. But that was your strength. It was. Yeah. So, so there was really no better person to be in charge. And I think because time. we focused on direct to consumer for the first three vintages and having everything on our website and having a clean curated website. A lot of wineries because of the pandemic realized that their websites and their social presence weren't strong because they were relying on their name and their foot traffic, foot traffic and their historical presence mm -hmm. and not necessarily their digital presence. Mm -hmm. The way the wine industry completely changed in my opinion versus driving down the road, pulling into a driveway, bellying up to a bar, right. and enjoying a complimentary tasting. Right. It, it, it did significantly change the way wine country operates, yes. for sure. But kudos to you. Again, you had that experience behind you that while it wasn't ideal circumstances to open a winery, you were able to quickly use your experience to your advantage. Yeah. I so. think it's all about being open. Yeah. And open to change and open to trying new things. Absolutely. So. Plus, it didn't hurt you. One of my favorite winemakers, Kerry Gott, yes. he's fantastic. He's got a great name. He makes a number of great wines, yes. including yours. So that helps make you have a stronger story, too. Yeah. I mean, we're very lucky to have Kerry a part of our team. And when we first were introduced to Kerry, it was organic and natural and after the first lunch meeting, it kind of felt like we were, our whole family was old friends and okay. it, you know, he left like, okay, so when can we start? Like <laughs> it was just very, very natural. And there wasn't really a doubt in either one of our minds about building this together. That's awesome. It's nice to have that comfort and that collaborative spirit yeah. and have everything kind of come together and mesh so well. Yeah. So when people come here, what do you hope their takeaway is? It's about creating memories in our mind. I hope that when people come to our property, they create a lifetime of memories that they bring back. So when they go to their house and they open a bottle of Bricolor, they can talk about the wine and food pairing that they had. When they are cooking salmon at home, they remember the salmon dish that was paired with the Pinot and they decide to open a bottle of Pinot Noir. It's just really creating memories that they created with their friends or their family or making new friends and family while they're here. That's great. And what are all the different experiences the guests can enjoy? We're a little unique where we specialize in wine and food pairings. We don't do any wine only experiences. Guests either have the option of doing a soaring experience, which is three wines paired with three bites, or a rooted experience, which is six wines and six bites. The menu changes every two to three months based off of seasonality of Sonoma County 
based off of what we have in our garden. But we really like to showcase Sonoma County's land and everything that we offer from the wine that is grown here to the produce that is grown on our property. Even all of our meat is sourced from the farm across the street. So when you pull into our property and you see the cows across the street, we source everything locally. Obviously, seasonality, you have to go a little further out in California, but we try to stay as local as possible. Awesome. Super cool that you have so much right here at your fingertips and that you're bringing that to the table with your wines and, and like you said, giving guests memories that yeah. they will cherish for a lifetime. Yeah. How many wines do you make and what's your case production? We make... Roughly 14 different types of wine. It gives, depending on the year, you know, 14 you, to 16. And you have the two two labels. We have uh, the two labels. We have the Brie Color label, and then we have a Flying by the Seat of Our Pants label. Really, we started with the Flying by the Seat of Our Pants label for our sparkling wine and the rosé. To us, in life, when you're celebrating anything, one, you need a good glass of bubbly, and two... You're usually flying by the seat of your pants (laughs) with starting a new job, an engagement, just a birthday party, just anything that you're doing, you're flying by the seat of your pants. And that journey is going to be unique and different. But we do have the two labels and they're a lot of fun. But in our case production, uh, at the end of 2023, when everything's in bottle, we'll have roughly 10,000 cases. Oh, nice size. Okay. So we're still Still small, small, super small production. We have some small lot programs, which are extremely limited wines, but those are really the winemakers, babies where they can have a lot of fun and change up their winemaking style, depending on what they want to feature. That's awesome. Are you 100% estate? We are not anymore. No, okay. we uh, we own two vineyards. We own Breakler Vineyards, and then we own Kick Ranch Vineyards. So I would say ninety percent of our varietals come from our estate, but we do source our Zinfandel from the Demostine Vineyard. And um, guess what? You don't. Pile. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I was going to. Why am I blanking on this? I was going to let yeah. her off the hook, but she she got it. She yeah, got it. But, we started with the Demostine Vineyard because it's in Alexander Valley, mm-hmm. and that's where our story begins with Zinfandel and Alexander Valley. So we had to source that in honor of my mom's Heritage. side of the family. Yeah, right. And we're going to talk about that in just yeah. a few minutes. But what do you think the hidden gem is in the portfolio? I would say our Viognier. Our Viognier is small production because. It's small production. It's from Kick Ranch, so it's from our estate. We do 100% Viognier, so we don't blend it with anything. It's one of our favorite wines to pour. It's our chef's favorite to pair. It pairs extremely well with spicy food or any ethnic spices, but it's just a lot of fun because most people have never heard of it. And especially if they're not from the wine world, right. you know, they're like, what is this Viognier? <laughs> so it's nice to just mm-hmm. educate and let people, you know, try a new wine. And they usually go home with a bottle if they try it. Or more. <laughs> or more, yeah. Okay. Best advice that you've gotten and from whom? 
while you've been on this wine ride? I mean, I would say the best advice is stay true to our beliefs. And we got a, we got a lot of pushback at the beginning, starting with only wine and food pairings. Mm. And a lot of people saying, well, we've never heard of you. So why would we spend this money on a wine that we don't even know if it's good? And it's just trust and stay true to the brand that we want to create. And people will come and they are coming and our vision is more of a lifestyle of wine and food together. I read that coming here was the best way to experience Sonoma County lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, it's about lingering, relaxing with friends and family and enjoying good wine and food. And that's what you do so well. You are fifth generation of Sonoma County winemaking. Let's talk briefly about your heritage. As you referenced, it's really your mother's family (laughs) who got into the wine business many, many years ago. Do you want to share the story? Yeah. Well, my dad also is from Santa Rosa. He was born in Santa Rosa, but my mom... Her family is fifth generation. So her great-grandfather came over in the Italian Swiss colony. His name was Pietro Carlo Rossi. He was one of the original winemakers in the Italian Swiss colony specializing in Zinfandel. They have a family or had a family house in Asti. And I grew up coming to Asti for the Rossi family reunion every year, uh, which is a huge family. And then my grandpa, who his mother was a Rossi, he grew up every summer coming up here from San Francisco, working in the vineyards, learning about it, um, and just kind of being a part. He bought a property in Cloverdale, spent his entire summers in Cloverdale drinking Sonoma County wine, eating Sonoma County food, and just really, really enjoying what Sonoma County had to offer. Now everybody knows a little bit more about your history. (laughs) Top moment of your career so far, and it doesn't have to be in the wine business, but it could be. And this is just like one thing that I pride myself on and it makes me work harder is building a brand and a company that people feel like they're a part of our family. My daughter was born in the pandemic and has been at Bricolor since birth two months old (laughs) she came to work with me every day she is a part of the Brickler community and I think honestly people all of our customers and club members feeling a connection to me to my dad to our employees who are like family and to my daughter I think is just probably the thing I'm most proud of is that people just feel connected and we feel connected to them and passionate about them being a part of our lives. That's wonderful. Yeah. What does the future hold for Bricolor? Hopefully a lot more wine and a lot more food. (laughs) Do you have other plans for the property? We do have other plans for the property. When we were getting everything approved at the county, we got approval for a production facility and a second tasting room. So we do have plans about building a production facility on site. When that will be, I don't know. But I, we do have exciting plans with moving production fully on site 
and really being able to showcase the winemaking while you're on property. Well, that was smart to get that permitting ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) I applaud you all for that. Permitting in wine country is never an easy task. It is a beast of its own. Yes, it is. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Wine Country Women cultivate, create, and support beautiful wines. And at Comerica, we do the same. Hi, I'm Hema Quinn, Senior Vice President in the Comerica Wine Group. I help and work closely with winery owners and CFOs to grow their businesses. Whether that involves planning, operations, inventory, and more, we're here for you. Comerica has a large wine industry portfolio, and many of our clients have been with us for over 20 years, and we'd love to work with you. To learn more about Comerica's wine services, please call 888-973-8665. Well, let's shift on to your personal life, which we've kind of already talked about. You are a mother, a wife, a daughter, a chief operating (laughs) officer. How do you juggle it all? What's your secret? Um, I think there is no secret. I mean, I'm fortunate to be raised by a woman who has her own company and career, and I was showcased how to balance and figure out that balance my whole life. My mom has her own company outside of Bricolor, and her showing me that everyone's definition of having it all is different, but you can have it all in the way that you want to have it all. It's going to be a juggling act, and some weeks I'm more mom, some weeks I'm more COO founder. It just balancing and flying by the seat of your pants (laughs) and figuring it out and honestly it takes a village to raise a baby I'm very fortunate to have the Bricolor village to help me but I couldn't do it without the people around me and the support of my parents that's fantastic you live in Santa Rosa of all the places in Sonoma County how did you pick Santa Rosa when we've first moved back from New York City we were actually living in San Francisco and I commuted for almost three years oh my back God. and forth daily um, even commuted after I had my daughter and it was just becoming a lot commuting five to six days a week so we looked in Healdsburg we looked in Windsor and we looked in Santa Rosa we were fortunate to find a beautiful historic home in Santa Rosa that needed some love but my husband and I love historic homes and really wanted something that we can make our forever family home so and it's only it's 15 perfect. minutes from the property well, so that's a bonus great. <laughs> yeah when we take a step inside your home what would we see what's your decorating style honestly of course our, honestly our <laughs> dining room has no furniture uh, okay so we're not going in the <laughs> dining room <laughs> it is a playroom for our daughter But it's just comfy and cozy. You'll be greeted by our chocolate lab, Lulu. But just relaxed. Is there a predominant color scheme? Greens and blues uh, and neutrals. But pretty pretty simple. We, We don't like a lot of fuss. And when I come home from a stressful day at work, I kind of just want to relax and not have a crazy patterned environment and, and more of a calming minimal environment okay. minimal to the point with a two-year-old <laughs> right and toys yes <laughs> <laughs> when you kick back and relax what kind of music do you like to listen to oh everything I think it I mean I love acoustic music I usually just tell 
Pandora or Surrey or whatever I'm listening to for any like acoustic hits or just something mellow and chill. But I like rock. I like my husband's the big music guy, but we pretty much put on anything. And you're happy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we do have a record player that we love and we collect vinyls and we put that on. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's all become popular yeah. again. Yeah. Which is, is fun. Uh, do you have a hobby? <laughs> I almost hesitate to ask. Like, <laughs> when do you have time for a hobby? Do you collect something? I mean, obviously, I love to shop. I'm from the fashion industry. Uh, yes. <laughs> if you ask my parents, I collect shoes. Oh, there. She told us. Yeah. Okay. Who's some of your favorite brands? Oh, I mean, my Sonoma County style and my new and my city style are you very different. You said you different. collect shoes. I know. Well, give me well, give me one fancy and one uh, wine country. I mean, I love like Stuart Wiseman. Uh, they make good boots and they're sturdy and classic, mm-hmm. and you just get them resold. And I've had pairs for 12 years oh wow amazing. yeah um i mean i love a heel but it's not practical in sonoma county right and practical with a two-year-old <laughs> <laughs> yeah not easy yeah not easy but i always try to not get rid of that fashion background and always stay relevant with fashion is there something people might be surprised to learn about you do you rappel down mountains? Do you skydive? Did you do something crazy as a child? I don't know if I have any secrets. I mean... There's got to be one. I, I always, actually, as a kid, I wanted either to work in the fashion industry or own my own restaurant. So I thought it's very funny that it's kind of... Not that I own a restaurant, but, you know, hospitality. Food I, and wine. Know, ended up back in hospitality, and I always wanted to be a chef and my dad when I was in high school had a friend who owned a restaurant and he's like you want to be a chef you're gonna be a chef for summer and you're gonna wake up at 5 a.m and be a prep cook and that's what I did for an entire summer when I was 15. So oh my gosh where? In Burlingame at a Thai restaurant called Streets. Okay yeah. so you can cook us some good. I made kebabs all summer all and summer. corn fritters <laughs> okay so you're an expert kebab and Kebabber. corn fritter, yeah. fritter girl <laughs> yeah all right uh well that was that'll probably surprise a few yeah. people right I don't know if I have any other surprises I mean I'm a dog lover but obviously we're dog friendly so that's right. obvious and I love to I like to work out but okay. that's about it. I, There's no, not really time for hobbies between work, a baby, and a husband. <laughs> right. You're trying to make everyone yes. happy, right? Yeah. Well, then I'm going to ask this one. What about a meaningful trip that you can tell us about? Was there is there one trip that stands out through the course of your life Yeah. that maybe most memorable or meaningful yeah. changed your life? When I was eight years old, my dad was in between jobs and actually able to take a vacation so we spent a month in Africa and it was the most amazing trip of my life and to this day I still have the t-shirts I bought in Africa I wear them to bed and they have holes in them my husband makes fun of me Um, but it was amazing to go to all these tiny villages and see the way people live and the animals in the wild and trying unique foods. I mean, we tried zebra and gazelle and it was just so magical. And I even remember a song 
that they taught us when we were in Africa. And I tell my husband every year that I want to go on a safari with him and bring our daughter and but I want to wait till they're old enough to remember because it was such a pivotal memory and we went with my mom's dad and my aunt and it was a full full family trip to Africa and did you go on safari then we did you did it was a true safari yeah Fantastic. Yeah. I, I've not done that. I bet you, it's just amazing. It is. It's unbelievable. It's better than Lion King. <laughs> it is better. It's actually, there's one memory that we have is we were in an open air Jeep and we had lions circle the Jeep and my brother and I were in the back seat and my mom and dad were in the front and my parents whispered to me being like, Sarah, do not speak (laughs) 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 because they were so scared. I would be like, Oh my God, a lion. (laughs) And then, you know, he'd gobble you up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would not be good. No. Very scary, but exhilarating too. (laughs) And crazy. Yes. Have that moment. A memory. Yeah. You're in the hospitality business now, switching gears. What do you think is the key to a successful dinner party? When you're at home and you're hosting friends at the house, what do you do to make sure that everybody has a great time? I mean, first, the first thing they need is get a glass of wine in their hand when they walk through the door. But I think it's all about lighting, music, making sure you have the right people together, trying to get people to collaborative be together and not be in different rooms but it's just all about making everyone have connections so setting the right environment and having good wine and good food okay and not having an end time you got to be ready for anything for anything yes. okay I'm okay that makes me want to ask you is there something that crazy that happened at one of your dinner parties (laughs) be ready for anything you know curl up on the couch tell stories right like yeah not being like oh it's 10 o'clock I gotta go oh right don't have a rigid schedule yeah Yeah. be flexible you have to be relaxed right you're relaxed everybody else will be yeah I should have asked this question earlier but you're gonna get it now do you remember the moment that you had your first taste of wine or that you or if you don't remember that moment can you describe the moment when you really began to like wine yeah I mean I definitely grew up in a household that my grandpa would always he had his collection in the basement and he would pull it out for special occasions and I always remember everyone talking about the wine talking about the history of the wine and understanding that there's more meaning behind just opening a bottle of wine. But, you know, when you are first drinking, you're not drinking the nicest stuff. And then when you come home for family dinners and all of that is when you get to sample nicer quality wine that your parents are serving you. So it opens your eyes to that. There's a wide range of wine quality and it's all just because you don't like one Pinot or Cab or Chardonnay doesn't mean you won't like another because it's made differently. Right. Exactly. There's yeah. a wine for every there occasion for every and occasion. for everyone. Yes. Now, do you know too much about wine and you dissect it to death or can you still just appreciate it? I think I am more in the mindset of I try not to dissect it and 
I just try to really enjoy and appreciate it. I don't want to be caught up in the winemaking notes and all of that. Like, I fully trust winemakers. That is their job. I am not a winemaker. Right. So I'm not going to dissect their job, and I hope they wouldn't dissect my job. Right. So it goes both ways. Yeah. I just try to enjoy what they make. That's a good way to, yeah. to be. I think if you overthink it, it kind of takes the joy out of the romance yeah the pleasure yeah. yes for sure well we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions yeah. these are really really lighthearted. Okay. i'm ready okay <laughs> what kind of car do you drive i drive a volvo okay favorite flower i am not a flower person <laughs> you know i can't even I believe i heard you I say know, that know, because <laughs> there's fresh flowers i'm looking at them right now i guess peonies but <laughs> So your husband can't surprise you with your favorite flower. Honestly, it annoys me. Oh, my goodness. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Third question. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Okay. Who's one of your favorite actors? Ooh. I am not someone who has a favorite actor or actress. Just because one I, of them. I cannot act, so I appreciate that they. it is an art that someone someone can do, and it's not me. But, I mean, I love anything that Reese Witherspoon does, and I think she's very versatile in what she presents. I agree. I yeah. agree. She's amazing. Yeah. Last question. What is in your nightstand or on top of your nightstand? I have a candle with matches. I love candles throughout my entire house that's one thing that I'm obsessed with probably is candles so candles everywhere okay but we're talking about the nightstand oh, so you got it's on my nightstand <laughs> okay it's anything else in my, oh in my nightstand I have in or on it on my nightstand is a candle candle um in my nightstand I honestly have nothing in my nightstand because my daughter throws everything out of takes everything out of my drawers and throws it on the ground so oh, I've great. removed everything Everything. (laughs) Sarah you are fantastic it's been the most fun seeing with you today and getting to know you thank you I appreciate this visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of wine country women